Welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast. I'm your host, James O'Hagan. A lot of things have changed in the last week. A lot of priorities in our world have become completely upended. And I realize that we're in a shifting time right now. And this podcast episode isn't so much for the educator or for the student. This, this, this podcast episode really goes out uh, to parents who are maybe facing for the first time having uh, to self-quarantine and be at home and trying to deal with the uh, effects and fallouts of COVID-19 of your school shutting down. And I want to share with you some, some thoughts I have about how you can incorporate gaming and, and esports into part of your routine, how we can start to help educate your kids while you're at home. I realize that some school districts are going full on ahead with online learning options, as well as some who are doing things more from an enrichment standpoint and not expecting um, education to necessarily take place at this time. But what I want to share with you isn't so much, like I said, it, talking about through the lens of esports and education, but also I want to share with you uh, a section of my life that is in my other role, where I serve as the director of digital and virtual learning for the Racine Unified School District. And as part of that role that I have, I oversee a virtual learning program that we have in our school district um, that does involve uh, teachers that we have who are full-time classroom teachers, but who are also doing extra duty as online teachers for some of our students in the Racine Unified School District. And I do have a number of students who are full-time online learners. And I think it's important right now, as we are looking as parents, to um, ways that we can help create the best learning environments we possibly can for our children at home, uh, that some of these insights can be shared and incorporate as well some of the fun and joy we get out of video games, out of esports, and the opportunity that we have right now to really engage with our kids in these spaces. So without further ado, here are some of the things that I feel we should be doing uh, when we have our kids at home uh, due to shutdown. So the first thing I would really recommend, and I recommend this to all my virtual learners uh, when they come in and want to do full-time learning, is that you do set up a routine, a daily routine, a schedule, um, especially. Um, if you think about this, for kids who come into virtual learning for the first time, they are coming from an environment where they are told what class to take, where to be at what time, and what the learning experience is going to be. With now our home situation, and we all live our lives very differently in our homes, um, it is important to realize that that routine of school is something that is, in some ways, can be very comforting to kids. Even though they may push against it, um, they can become very disengaged uh, without some kind of structure, without some kind of schedule. So what I highly recommend as a first is always having a routine, knowing what time you're going to wake up every day, what time you're going to work, what time you're going to take a break. It allows there to be a natural flow and a, and a rhythm um, to the day when there is a schedule like that. Um, as you're adding in online learning options, potentially, you can then build that into the schedule as well, too. Now, online learning is very different than what we're doing in the classroom. So your, your child probably goes to school 
to for six to seven hours a day, minus any uh, travel time, minus any uh, after school activities that they may have. But in that six to seven hours, things are also broken up in the day with lunchtime. It's also broken up with some breaks, passing time. Um, not every moment of those six to seven hours is spent with their nose to a book. So as you're thinking about how much time should you have your child engaging in something that is educational, I would say three hours per day is probably about right. And it doesn't need to be three consecutive hours. As you're thinking about building that routine, make sure to build in some healthy breaks throughout the day. About 20 to 30 minutes a day would be ideal uh, to break up learning throughout the day. It allows students to get some physical activity, take a mental break, and really start to, um, again, build that routine, that flow, that rhythm to their day. So that when you're going for three hours instead, let's say you were, you decided to go for three hours straight, um, it can create a lot of um, tiredness. It could create kind of like thinking of it as a slog, if you will, to get through those three hours. So really recommend, as I say, to, to break those three hours up in a day into other things. But you also should, because again, students are transitioning and our children are transitioning and you as a parent or as even as an online teacher are transitioning into this, this online uh, space, it's also important to be very flexible and forgiving. Um, right now, is, is a, it, there's a lot of different stresses for people. Some, some are able to handle these stresses much better than others can. And so it's important to think about this level of stress that people are having and to be, be aware of it and to be forgiving for those who maybe make a mistake or those who uh, get angry or push back against expectations. This is nothing that a lot of us have ever prepared for. We never, those of us who are educators, never went to school thinking that this was going to happen, where we would have to be forced into a quarantine and stuck in our homes for hours on end and trying to figure out how to teach in online spaces at the drop of a hat with very little professional development, with, with very little uh, preparation and, 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 and heads up notice. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of people who are thinking that maybe we would get to this point, that we would probably end up uh, weeks down the road maybe having to go into quarantine and then we would have time to prepare. Uh, but we don't have that luxury right now. So it's meeting our students where they're at. It's meeting our students and our families and our parents where they're at. And again, trying to understand that as students are trying to make best and make do with what they can. There are parents and there's adults also and other kids in the family who are also struggling to make do as they can. We have to be aware of all the differences that we have and that not every home is going to be a supportive home and not every home is going to um, have a piece of technology that allows every child to access an online class at any one time. We should start thinking of our courses more as asynchronous experiences um, allowing different levels of engagement. So the, the expectation for some that you be sitting at your computer at 8 a.m. every day with your webcam on, ready to learn, isn't necessarily always a realistic expectation in every situation. So as a teacher, you have to make sure that you are mindful of those differences in, in how education is valued and also how uh, supports what supports students have in the home. You know, some of our kids... Uh, unfortunately, are maybe being asked to carry a lot of the burden now to maintain the home, whether it's cleaning 
or taking care of siblings. We have to make sure that uh, we are mindful of all of that in, in this time. So please do um, practice that flexibility, that forgiveness. And as all, what we all need to do, and something I know I need to do, is embrace the discomfort of this time. Um, I myself have made it a point to really uh, flesh out my schedule. I've started virtual office hours for my online students. I include that opportunity for my scholar gamers to join in, where it's not necessarily learning is going to take place in those office hours. It may be that they just need a chat or they, they need some kind of, of help or support. Even if it's just playing a game, uh, I've gone through and downloaded several games in the last couple of days here that may be used to engage Scholar Gamers or my regular virtual learning students into other things to help keep their mind off, off of what's going on in the world. Games like Drawful 2, uh, which recently was posted uh, free to download, is a game that's uh, collaborative and social and allows you to... Um, basically use whatever piece of technology you may have, as long as you have an internet connection, uh, to play the game. Um, even in those virtual office spaces, um, I don't just have it where you have to have an internet connection. People can call in uh, using Zoom, or even if you use Google, excuse me, Google Classroom, uh, you can also call in as well too. So providing those um, opportunities for us to all come together uh, to, uh, embrace the discomfort that we are, are facing right now and to uh, have that routine of having, a, having people know uh, when they can get hold of you and when they can connect with you is, is certainly going to be helpful. We can also now use this time as we are in quarantine to diversify our activities. Um, as I was talking about earlier, the, the six to seven hours of school that your child would normally participate in is not necessarily going to be viable in, an, in a completely online environment. Um, for the home, it may be good to, as you think of diversifying those activities, not necessarily scheduling everything down to the minute, but allowing opportunities for people to choose when and where to engage with family or peers, but also to have time away, to have alone time. Um, sometimes we need that physical and that mental break as well too. So when we're thinking about diversifying activities, build in times for, the, for either somebody to go out and ride the bike in the neighborhood, go for a walk, um, preferably not in large groups, um, as again, many of us are under uh, orders to try to stay out of, of having groups more than 10. Um, try to make sure that the activity there are activities there and those mental breaks as well. Um, turning off the TV, turning off the technology, um, getting a book if there is one, a comic book even, a graphic novel, uh, playing a board game, or just sitting on their bed listening to music and just enjoying that. Sometimes those mental breaks are, are needed as well too in all of this, which also kind of leads me to a, a bigger conversation that I'm sure many of you maybe have concerns about right now is screen time. Um, as kids are um, now engaged in virtual learning, there is an uptick in screen time. Um, if we're asking our children to be on computers for three hours a day, and for the rest of the time, they're also now trying to um, play some video games, maybe watch a movie or a television show or YouTube or Twitch, um, we have to be understanding more about what the rules are, I guess, around screen time. 
I read deeply into uh, the American Psychological Association's uh, website and recommendations around what screen time should include. And there was four areas that they feel that, that when you're considering, is it too much screen time or is it, is it appropriate? There are four areas that we really should be concerned about. And that is connection, are they engaged? Is there critical thinking taking place? Is there creativity involved? And what is the context of the screen time? So for example, when we're talking about say three hours a day of virtual learning broken up in however ways you want, um, are they engaged? Are they connected into their coursework? If they are engaged and connected into their coursework, then the screen time may be valuable. Are they critically thinking while they're engaged in that? Or are they being more passive and kind of just uh, uh, taking in information? They're being a passive learner in that case. Is the screen time engaging them in some kind of creative activity? So one of the hardest things I know a lot of online teachers or teachers who are stepping into online learning for the first time are going to come up against is around the idea of how do I take my classroom and move it into an online space? The things that are going to um, be, that's going to be something that's going to be most difficult because for a lot of teachers, especially those who teach via a method like a lecture, um, there is not a whole lot of creativity that goes on uh, necessarily beyond the lecture. So what we'll need to do is focus in on how are we getting our students creative in this time? And then the context. What is the, um, what is the um, use of what is being brought up online uh, in, these, in these learning spaces? Now, here's, a, here's an interesting way to look at this as well, too, because as we're talking about esports and as we're talking about gaming, um, and as we're talking about being at home with our families, we can use screen time in a positive way as well too to engage, even though on the surface it may not seem like we're engaging necessarily, but you as a parent now have a great opportunity here to engage with your kids in their, in their eSports or in their video or casual video game play, whichever it may be. So let's take it from that perspective. Connection, are your students or are your children, excuse me, engaged in the game that they are playing. Hopefully that they are. Uh, usually games are intrinsically motivated and usually they're picking games that they really enjoy. They're not being forced to play certain games. So with, with regards to screen time, there's usually that aspect. Critical thinking. You know, a lot of people um, look at games and wonder, is there critical thinking taking place? There are some games that are going to be better when it comes to critical thinking. Uh, one game that I've recently gotten into very much that I kind of enjoy playing here and there is uh, Farming Simulator. So uh, creating a farm and actually understanding how things grow and actually having to take care and tend crops. Uh, another game that really kind of piques my, my critical thinking analysis is a game called Out of the Park Baseball, since baseball has been canceled for at least the next uh, few months. This is my one opportunity that I get to engage in baseball, and I get to take on the role as the general manager or of a manager of a baseball team with the same players that uh, Major League Baseball has right now and be able to uh, take them through the season. Uh, I am thinking critically at that time uh, about what players to trade, what players to start, things of that nature. Uh, is there a creative aspect to the games that we play? Now, creativity doesn't necessarily have to be a tangible product that's created. Uh, sometimes creativity comes in the form of uh, cr creating new levels of discussion, creating new interests 
in other things. Uh, a game right now that is about $20 that you can uh, download is called Axis and Allies, which is a World War II uh, gaming simulator. And that may start to spur some additional conversations that can be had and leads me into my next part around context. What is the context of the gameplay? And as a parent in all of this, when you as a parent can start to ask questions or relate the, ver the game that's being played to an offline activity, something that's happened in your life, something that is, is meaningful to you or meaningful to them, now that takes that gameplay to a whole nother level. So as your children are having these, as you look at your schedules throughout the day, set aside some time, if you will, to sit down as a family and share, even sitting close by each other, share in some gameplay. That can be board games or video games, but start then to ask questions about what they're playing, who they're interested in, about the characters that they're playing with. Use this as a time to start to explore video games and esports with your kids in meaningful ways. This is a fantastic time to do that. We have so much time right now. Uh, it would be time wasted to uh, not engage our children uh, in these discussions around the games and the games that they play. And finally, just a little aside, and this is something I took away from the, uh, a conference I went to in Iowa several weeks ago. Um, I got to watch, uh, got to speak with and, and hear a presentation from an optometrist talking about our eyes and thinking about you know, all this screen time that we're developing right now. Uh, there's a rule that I would highly recommend everybody to consider, and it is the 20-20-20 rule. And it says this, for every 20 minutes that you're looking at a computer screen, take a 20-second break and look 20 feet away. So that means not looking at a screen, but focusing on something at a far distance, usually from across the room. That will help to reduce eye strain. Um, that will help you to um, keep down headaches, tension headaches, uh, reduce any sort of redness and irritation that you may get in your eyes. The optometrist also said this, to not use anything like a Visine or a Red Out uh, product, something that removes red uh, irritated eyes. Uh, he said, don't use that stuff ever. Um, simple saline solution if you have it. And if not, just uh, like I said, follow that 20-20-20 rule of every 20 minutes looking away for 20 seconds at something that is 20 feet away. And that will help to uh, reduce any screen time stress or fatigue that you may have. So to close out today, just to review these few simple things you can do. Number one, develop a routine. Have a schedule every day that you and your children are following. Make sure you're getting up at a regular time and make sure you have a schedule planned out about what your day is going to look like. Be sure to be flexible in your day. Virtual learning is definitely not for everybody. Make sure to take breaks. Be forgiving of each other. Allow times to embrace the discomfort that you all are feeling and recognize that not everybody's gonna be feeling like this is a great uh, thing being at home. So make sure to embrace that and be forgiving to each other. Diversify your activities throughout the day. Again, I don't recommend three straight hours of virtual learning or even three straight hours of gameplay. Break things up. Allow for there to be times to connect, time for, their, for themselves to be alone, and allow there to be some phys physical and mental activity taking place throughout the day. And then also around screen time, there's really no general rule around how much screen time anybody has, but keep in mind the things of 
is the person engaged? Is there a connection while they're playing while they are engaged on a screen? Is there critical thinking taking place? Is there creativity taking place? And finally, what is the context of that play? We are all in this together. We will all get through this together. Please support one another. Please be kind. Please be forgiving to each other. And I look forward to engaging with you again next time. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N and through the Academy of Esports account at T-A-O Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com slash taoesports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.